There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. fans how are you doing today it's talking hockey the hockey talking show and we're back for season four episode 26 an episode we're gonna call the saint louis martin saint louis the uh, current head coach of the montreal Canadiens. he famously wore number 26 for uh i will dare say his whole career um and uh you know long time played Longtime player for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, um, but yeah, like Martin Martin Saint Louis, Hall of Famer. Uh, he's a Stanley Cup winner. We're gonna get into all of his accolades and a little bit more stats and whatnot. Give a little shout out to Marty Saint Louis coming up later in the episode. We're gonna replay a sweet interview we did with Joey Shithead Keithley, the lead singer of DOA. Uh, that'll be coming up a little later in the uh, show. And uh, before we get to that, we're going to talk some uh, Stanley Cup finals. We're going to talk breaking news. The Winnipeg Jets announcing a new head coach, Rick Bonas, a solid Maritimer fella, just like yours truly. Uh, I hope he likes, you know, a little donair in between periods to uh, re, you know, re-energize. Um, it's co-host Tom here. Uh, I am with, as always, co-host Randy. And uh, Randy's just getting uh, getting the old stone out on his skates there, going back and forth one or two times, getting a nice sharp edge there. Randy, how do you like your, uh, you know, do you like your skates real sharp there? Or you kind of like a little bit of uh, dullness so you can do the big <laughs> wide turns. You don't want to take any corners too sharply. I, oh, I think you got to be confident in your edges. So, you know, if you're confident <laughs> in your edges, you're doing just fine. Um, yeah. I would say my regularity of having my skate sharpened has gone down uh, considerably. Maybe COVID had something to do with that. It just mm-hmm. didn't really feel like going to the going to the store. Um, but uh, interesting um, skate sharpening little shout out here. I think a little teammate of yours named David Geisel on the hmm. Stinkbirds. Yeah, uh, runs a little company called uh, Natural Cycle, uh, and yep. it sounds. I was just chatting with Dave this weekend, and it sounds like he's got one of those uh, skate sharpening machines that you can do your oh. do your wheels at home. So uh, I think I'm gonna take my business over to Dave. Uh, Interesting. Team, okay, team member I, I, of uh, of a few stinkbirds, uh, yourself and Pipskid and yeah. Penny Two Cans. Yeah, I hadn't heard that he got one of these uh, machines, but that's uh, that's good to know and. Uh, well, we'll be if you're in Winnipeg, look up uh, Natural Cycle and uh, head on over to see Dave. Get your get your blades sharpened, uh, Randy. Let's talk a little bit about Martin Saint Louis. Uh, currently, you know, 47 years old, was named the interim head coach of the Montreal Canadiens at some point last season. 
this summer they removed that interim tag, signed him to a deal to be the coach for, I think it was a three-year deal. They, they signed him to, um, what do you, what do you think about him behind the bench of the Habs, uh, as they're kind of in a bit of a rebuilding mode? Uh, well, it, it, to me, it seems like he'd be a, a great guy, especially for younger players like, uh, Cole Caulfield and, and, um, uh, Suzuki, uh, you know, they're, they're building obviously with, with, from youth, uh, up, uh, I guess, see what happens with, with their goaltending situation next year, if Carey Price is back or not, but he, you know, if you just look, look at his career for, uh, mainly for Tampa Bay and, you know, winning cups and, and Art Ross trophies and Lady Bing awards, um, he, he's a legendary hockey player. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, some, some guys, uh, some guys can't coach. Some guys are just meant to be players, but it, you know, I guess if you could say the, the little glimpse we had at it as a, as, as a coach for the, the Habs this past season, it looks like he's kind of uh, got a good thing started uh, there in Montreal. Yeah. You mentioned Cole Caulfield. It is crazy when you look at like the statistical sort of breakdown of him playing for St. Louis versus him playing for Ducharme, the goal to- goal totals is uh, crazy. He had like one goal, under Ducharme and then uh, St. Louis comes in, he's, you know, scoring every other game kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. And uh, it'll be, it'll be definitely interesting to see how he does with a full season of training camp and all of that. But like going, going back to number 26's playing days, uh, like you mentioned, he's a Stanley cup winner. That was uh, the, the legendary series between Tampa and Calgary back in. Oh, four. Oh, three. Oh, four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could have won the con Smythe that year, but Brad Richards won it, um, deserving also, um, St. Louis is also a two-time Art Ross trophy winner. Uh, he took that in, uh, uh, oh, I'd have to look that up the years, oh, but it doesn't Oh, three, oh, four and, and 12, 13. I got it okay, right here. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, he's a Hart trophy winner and a Ted Lindsay award winner which used to be called the Lester B Pearson award, I believe. Um, also Oh three Oh four. So that was a big year for him. Obviously he's a three-time lady Bing winner, just like uh, Winnipeg jet Kyle Connor is lady Bing uh, trophy winner. And uh, Marty was named to the NHL all-star team five different times. Um, so let's just give a quick statistical breakdown. 16 years in the NHL regular season. 1,134 games played, 391 goals, 1,033 points. Um, With Tampa, he played 13 years, 972 games, 953 points. Um, He did start his career in Calgary. uh, And I said off the top of the show that he always wore number 26. Turns out, his first two seasons in Calgary, he did not wear 26. Um, but nobody even remembers that he played for Calgary, so it doesn't really matter. I think and the only cl- I think the only guy that does, and I think we joked about this once before, was Craig Button traded Martin Z. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we we have to maybe verify the those uh, that information, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, maybe one of Craig Button's uh, not so fine moments in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, stick to TV, Craig. Uh, you're better there as you than you were as a GM. Um, and then uh, St. Louis, of course, closed out his NHL career uh, at age 39 
in the Big Apple playing for the Rangers. And, you know, pretty respectable season for a 39-year-old. He scored 52 points in 74 games, had 21 goals. And, uh, you know, that he, he closed it out, um, uh, you know, pretty, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but there was a bit of uh, division between him and ex-Lightning GM uh, Steve Eiserman about an exclusion to team Canada. And then he skipped out a TV to go to New York. Anyway, let's, um, let's just recap the, the Stanley cup final. It's been a couple of weeks since we did a show and, um, well, obviously everybody knows by now the Colorado one, Kale McCarr with the Conn Smythe trophy, um, Bowen Byram in the parade almost got kicked out because the cop didn't know who he was. Uh, somebody dented this, the, the cup, like immediately yeah. right, right before the team picture there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, Colorado, uh, you know, I think you had said all along Tampa was going for the three P and then they made it to the final. And I was like, Oh, this Randy knows what he's talking about, but they came up just short. Um, what did you think of the whole final? Like you, uh, it was, it was it was pretty good hockey, eh? Well, yeah, Colorado proved that they were the best team. Uh, you know, like yeah. they went on, you know, they took care of Nashville quite easily. Uh, and then they, uh, the rest of the way, like, uh, I think the most games they lost in one series was two, I think, uh, against Tampa. But, it, it, you know, it, you could, you could kind of say it was the, uh, you know, the, the new kids on the block, um, you know, up against the, uh, the experience and you could see that the experience could win or two, win a game or two, but I think ultimately, uh, skill, uh, you know, took that over and, and, you know, uh, especially in that last game, Nathan McKinnon was, uh, on a mission. Kale McCarr obviously was on a mission the whole time. Landis Gog, that's the kind of captain you need in the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. Guy who's gonna hurt people in the corners and and get on the score sheet. You know they were out. They were th- without Kadri for for a few games. Uh, Cogliano um, for a few games. Those guys made it back in. Uh, St. Andrews, uh, Manitoba, Darren Helm uh, chipped in here and there. Um, they they had the complete team. I guess the only thing you could say was like you would always think. And I, I, one of those, I, I'm one of those people that I thought their goaltending was going to let them down, but uh, yeah. ultimately it ended up being okay. And uh, you know, they, it was gr- like one of my favorite playoffs to watch in a long time. Uh, sure. It would have been kind of neat to see Tampa Bay win again. Uh, Cause you know, we could look back in 15, 20 years and be like, Oh, like one of those dynasty teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would say two cups in a row isn't quite a dynasty because we don't really classify Pittsburgh a dynasty from a couple of years ago, but yeah. I think three kind of puts you in the conversation, but now, uh, you know, most of this, I think Colorado team, uh, you know, with the young core, um, you know, they're looking good. Uh, I, I was entertained and it's nice to see our boy, Nate dog, uh, with the Stanley cup. Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see what Colorado does in the off season because they do have a few um, moves they'll need to make. Uh, Kemper is a free agent, I believe. Um, you know, they Codry is a free agent, uh, likely not sticking around. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The, I thought it, I, much like you thought it was great playoffs, good final, um, best team won. You know, 
Um, I think they went 16 and four in the playoffs. So they had two losses to St. Louis, two to two to Tampa. They're, you know, unbelievable. So pretty, pretty darn good hockey being played by that team. They'll, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, uh, I, I think the only complaint I would have would be like, it needs to be over earlier. Like I, my attention span for, for hockey, uh, for what, for sitting down and watching, like I was following, you know, uh, on the phone or whatever, like checking scores and all that stuff, but to actually sit down and, and watch at this time of year, I find it, uh, I do find it difficult. Um, so that's my only complaint. Get it done earlier. <laughs> yeah. I, I find the third round is sometimes the round that I kind of tune out. Uh, mm. And then if there's, if the finals make up, or if it's two teams that I'm, or at least one that I'm interested in, then I'll watch. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I was, again, it was just nice to, nice to, nice to see everything unfold for both of those yeah. teams. And yeah. if you think about the start of the playoffs, uh, you know, we, we thought that maybe we'd see a battle of Cole Harbor, uh, Pittsburgh versus, uh, Colorado, we, you know, we saw half of that, I guess, but yeah, ultimately it's nice to see Nate win a Stanley cup because what did he say? Eight years and I haven't won shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he also said after they won, he said, well, at Sid's two Stanley cup parades or parties in, in Halifax, he's like, I was the drunkest guy there. So Sid better be there and he better get drunk. <laughs> it's like, okay, but uh, let's shift gears here. We got to talk about the, the Winnipeg jets uh, they just hired Rick bonus as the new head coach and the press conference we're, we're recording right now, Monday, you know, noon, um, and the press conference just ended and bonus, uh, revealed that he's already got Scott, Scott Arneal as an assistant coach, uh, which hadn't really been announced. I don't think it was speculated, but what do you, what, do you like the hire of bonus as the coach? I do. I, I would have to just kind of precede all this with it's been such a strange offseason so far for the Winnipeg Jets with with Mark Shifley's comments about con- reconsidering his future. Um, Blake Wheeler or, you know, Paul Maurice uh, coming on board in Florida to become the coach. And then that same day, Blake Wheeler magically shows up on on trade bait dead uh, uh, top 10 list or whatever you want to call it. And there's speculation that he'll follow Paul to Florida. And then I think that day or, or, or the next day, Friedman was also saying that, you know, PLD is looking to test free agency like next year. So it's like, everyone's leaving. Yeah. (laughs) And just kind of like, just like, uh, and then, and then the trots thing came out where it's like, he decided not to come back and coach and take the year off. So it's like, well, does anyone want to be in Winnipeg? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, again, it's, it's nice to see Rick bonus. uh, You know, we chatted pre pre pre-show that, He's a great guy, and you know he had a great run to the cup a couple of years ago with Dallas, and uh, he was an enter- entertaining coach to to follow throughout that time. And you know, like you said, from being from the Maritimes as well, I think he's you know it's 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 a good start I think to this summer. But there's obviously a lot of work to do, and we'll see what happens, especially starting at the draft this this weekend. Yeah, for sure. I think that putting Bonus in as the coach is a good move, but the more the more concerning or the real work is going to be what roster moves happen, you know? Um, because like you say, like, you know, are there going to be some big trades of some longtime jets or even jets who haven't been around that long? You know, Brendan Dillon's name has come up 
And I know that we've talked on the show before that like maybe Dylan was a guy when they looked like they were going to miss the playoffs that you move to a contender because contending teams love a defenseman like that. Obviously that didn't happen, but maybe it happens this off season because the jets do have a couple guys in Billy Hanela and Dylan Sandberg that, you know, in my, in my opinion, and I know I'm not alone. Those guys need to be full-time NHLers next season or this season, I suppose. Um, and, and I think bonus, interestingly, uh, there was an illusion during the press conference that uh, he's been like with Dallas, with Miro Heiskanen, Essa Lindell. Uh, there's another guy they have, I can't remember, but uh, young Kling- defenseman. Klingberg is. Right. But I, I think Klingberg is a little older, but like Lindell and, and Heiskanen are both pretty young defensemen. And I'm not saying that. Hanola is going to be at all in Heiskanen's uh, level because that guy's really good, but Hey, they're both Finnish. Uh, they're both sort of offensively minded. They can skate, you know, all these kinds of things. Maybe, maybe bonus can uh, find places for Hanola to succeed, you know, with offensive zone starts and all these kinds of things. So it'll be interesting to ser- sort of see how that, kind of plays out but um do you have any other thoughts about the uh coaching announcement there that, uh, before we get to the interview uh, yeah i think ultimately it's you know it's a obviously they can now make make forward progress because there was just i guess you know especially as fans it was everything was a bit of an unknown but i think it's going to just be interesting to see um you know maybe who who takes who takes the lead as 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 uh, leaders on the ice uh, you know, is this where, are we going to see Kyle Connor and Adam Lowry and, and, uh, um, you know, Josh Morrissey kind of take the reins from Shifley and Wheeler. And mm-hmm. I, the last thing, um, I think it was Landeskog. They were asking him about, uh, you know, uh, what it took to win the Stanley cup and, and building your team. And I think his comment was get yourself a Makar. <laughs> and that's that's right like he's a you know you need that number one defenseman and i i think that's maybe what's missing for the winnipeg jets right now Mm -hmm. hey uh 14th spot at the draft coming up they got two first round picks let's see what happens Uh, maybe they make it make a move and uh you never know but uh we're gonna throw to the interview now with joey keithley uh doa lead singer they've just been on tour across the country down in the states um still doing it after all these years and uh, we had a great chat with joey this is going back a few months now but uh yeah he's a he's a big hockey guy and uh, a very funny sort of you know punk rock legend and he's a politician these days too right the city councilor for for burnaby i believe um burnaby bc so uh, let's uh without any further ado let's uh, kick it on over to the interview with uh, joey keithley all right we're here with joe keithley thanks for joining us joe how are you doing today i'm doing good yeah thanks for having me on right on yeah so uh let's just start it off we're curious what what is joe keithley you know legendary punk rocker politician activist what's his relationship to hockey how did it all kind of like how did you how what's you and hockey all about (laughs) <laughs> well, back in uh, 85, 86, um, uh, I thought, I saw uh, a picture of uh, BTO, 
who I'm a fan of, I met Randy, I met Brad uh, and the other guys, and uh, <clears throat> they were wearing football jerseys, right? One of them was a Bombers jersey, I can't remember what the other one was, and uh, and I thought, oh, I mean, they kind of wear football jerseys because they're getting a little bigger, right? So fair yeah. enough, right? <laughs> I, I get um, And I thought, you know what? Hockey and punk rock go together. These guys are doing rock and roll and football, okay? So then I came up with the concept, like, you know, uh, punk rock type thing. And then, uh, so we launched uh, uh, a team, DOA team, as it's called the DOA Murder Squad. Um, <laughs> originally was named, um, I somehow, the first came in was Lucy Tags as uh, Bob's Barnyard Animals, I guess is animal-like behavior of the team, right? So anyways, we came DOA Murder Squad. And that's when we decided, to, we did a version of Taking Care of Business. And we did a video and we got Randy in as the coach uh, from BTO, right? So that to me, that was it. To, that wasn't the origin of hockey rock because we all know that uh, I believe Marcel Dion and Phil Esposito did singles back in the 70s. Um, yeah, not particularly great singles, but. It was a disco to, even maybe or something? Yeah, I can, I've only looked at the covers. I've never actually listened to them. Just yeah. For me. <laughs> I never wanted to sacrifice the dough to buy one, right? So, but I was quite <laughs> curious. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I thought Phyllis Brazil was one of my favorite players when I was a kid, right? So I thought that was pretty cool. So so that's how I got started in it. And then we uh, kept doing, playing the, the murder squad, kept playing games. And originally, we said we would only play our philosophical opponents, right? And that was mainly, it was one radio station in Vancouver that would never play DOA called Seabox. And we always played them. We always beat the crap out of them. So it's like, uh, and they had one time they had Bruce Allen uh, managed uh, Brian Adams, PTO, the big, big music guy. And uh, he was their coach and that sure didn't help. And I ridiculed him in the, in the foyer after the game, nice coaching job, Bruce. Right? So, anyways, it goes, I could go on for hours, but stop me and go take this where you want. Right. So, <laughs> So I'm I'm looking at the back cover here of Kings of Punk Hockey and Beer, and there's a team photo uh, on the back yeah. of the on the back cover there. Um, I'm just curious, uh, could you tell us about that team? Is that the team you're talking about? And uh, yeah, yeah, that was the, so. The rule was that uh, you had to be involved in the music business, either as a player, uh, I mean, as a, you know, in a band, or as a manager or a roadie. So uh, I don't have that photo in front of me, uh, but I know that uh, Wimpy's in there. Uh, rest his soul and uh, I think Dave Gregg's in there rest his soul as well myself and uh, there's the guy the coaches were the guys who managed 5440 and um, uh, Jay Scott who was our roadmap you know so it was all Vancouver music guys so that was a rule and uh, yeah yeah so uh, based on some of the tunes that you guys have written and that you've sang, uh, you know, that are hockey related, beat em, bust them, uh, Donnie Brook, you know, and maybe <laughs> some of what you've already told us here. I'm guessing like you play a pretty, uh, old time hockey style of, of, of hockey, like a little, little physical, uh, was that your kind of game or. Well, you know, being a, a tall guy, uh, when I played for Burnley minor for like six, seven years, you know, time I was about, uh, 11 to about 18 or something like that. And uh, I think I let Burnley minor in, um, at, at least in high sticking penalties every year. <laughs> I, I never led the fight category, but I came close a couple of years, right? So um, that wasn't my style. It's just sort of like I would just drive some guy into the boards 
they, and I go like, why the hell do you want to fight? Okay, might as well. <laughs> that type of thing. I was never one of those guys out there looking to, you know, yeah. uh, act like act like the tough guy. But I did take a lot of bellies, and uh, I always played defense, like great defense, you know, right-handed shot. And uh, that usually, uh, usually my coach that I had one really fantastic player, my best friend Bill, uh, played defense with. And usually the coach, I get back to the bench, he go, Joe, the next time you want to bring the puck out of your zone. Just give the puck to Bill. Don't worry. <laughs> I go, oh, okay. Okay, I'll work on that. <laughs> yeah. Good coach. Good tip, coach. <laughs> good coaching. Yeah. Good coaching. <laughs> do you have a number? Do you like uh like you have a number you've used your whole hockey career? Yeah, I because I said I grew up as a Bruins fan, uh, before like Vancouver uh, really had a team, right? And uh, now I'm a Canucks fan, obviously, and I like some other teams. Uh, but I never had the skill uh, of Bobby Orr, obviously, as I just said. But I was more like Ted Green, who was like sort of the wrecking crew on uh, that, that famous Bruins squad. So I always wore number six. Yeah, same thing uh, when I played lacrosse. I played a lot of lacrosse, like even more than hockey, right? So always the number six. You know, you got a record label called Sudden Death Records, and yep. you, you guys have that uh... – uh, several songs that are very hockey related you've shot some hockey related videos and stuff where what's the like the the connection or the cross between sort of art and hockey for you like how does that how how does it sort of come together and i guess you know you kind of mentioned with the idea of you saw bto in the football jerseys but is that kind yeah. of where it started or was it well, I mean, then we then we got up there. We were like a, a DOA's three-piece now, but we were a four-piece at the time. And uh, so basically, I was in the middle, like, you know, being the singer. Uh, so I was the center, you know, and uh, <laughs> Wimpy was the right winger. Dave was the left wing, and the drummer was the goalie. I don't know where the hell the, the defensemen were. They're probably out the bar or something like that, right? But, uh, <laughs> so we looked at, and we said, okay, we're like a team, a hockey team. And... Uh, so, you know what? It's us versus the crowd. You know what? And we're going to assault these guys. We're going to take them on, pin them to the back wall with like extra loud, obnoxious punk rock and win the game. And so we kind of took that philosophy and it kind of developed too into um, uh, one of the driving points behind it was um, uh, in the early 80s, uh, we said, oh, you know, it's like all these bands have a really distinct look, right? You know, or when you think of, Texas, you think of ZZ Top. When you think of London, you think of the Sex Pistols. When you think of New York, you think of the Ramones, right? You know, uh, so we got to make something that's really uniquely Canada. So we start wearing these uh, kind of similar to the jacket that you're wearing there, Randy, but uh, like a lumberman's jacket, you said, oh, yeah. working on like construction type thing. And so we cut all the sleeves off. And uh, so that became part of this uh, uh, identity of Canada. And people, some people in Seattle go like, oh, well, that's actually where the grunge look came from. Because they really, when those, those, that crew was very young, they saw these DOA shows where I was wearing Mac jackets. So then later on, we expanded that into hockey and then bring a, a you know, hockey sticks on stage, then started making DOA hockey jerseys. Like, you know, so, you know, we wanted to know it's okay. Yeah, these guys are punk rockers, but they're from Canada. And let's make no mistake about it. Right? Part, I think it's part of the identity that uh, that and a few other things that you know made DOA really successful and like known around the world. You're like, wow, these guys are maniacs, and they like hockey. Like you know, you know. So 
it didn't quite work for other people. Like in, in those days in the United States, yeah, people in Boston, in New York, in Chicago, New Hockey, Detroit, you know, the poor uh, original towns. But if you got down to California, we'd be like, what? What the hell is that? Don't you guys play baseball? You guys should play baseball or something, right? <laughs> is there any sort of friendly rivalry with you and like no means no, like Hanson Brothers Band? Like those guys are big hockey guys? Yeah, well, that's, I think that's a really interesting thing because like I said the sudden death that you mentioned, the sudden death records, my label. Um, that was really taking because DOA or sudden death. Not, like an Edmund O'Brien film is called DOA and they put the toe tag on the uh, thing at the end of the movie. But uh, John Wright, who is a good buddy of ours, produced a couple of records and we took those guys on tour. They're 86 and 87. We took them all around North America with us, right? And uh, um, so when they started doing the Hanson Brothers, then of course they amalgamated this thing and one of the, I think one of the albums is called Sudden Death, right? Or at least one of the songs and uh, the one, the, the album that's got Tiger Williams on it. And uh, uh, anyways, so I can't remember, quite remember all their albums. So John Wright is a great guy. Uh, and Rob, Rob is really good too. But I tell you, those guys didn't know all about playing hockey, right? <laughs> <laughs> we were warming up in a show in San Francisco. So we always brought six with us, right? And uh, and orange, got orange balls or whatever. And so well, we we're, were like way early. So let's let's have a ball hockey game in this big auditorium we're playing San Francisco. And uh, it was over pretty quick, right? So like, <laughs> <laughs> although John Wright does claim when he was a peewee, he was a, an Air Force brat. Those guys were Air Force brats, right? Okay. Um, so he said he's when he won the winning goal at the peewee tournament in Cold Lake, Alberta. You yeah, need to find yeah. somebody there to corroborate that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah never, I never, I looked at him like, uh-huh, sure you did. <laughs> and he hit him with the shin pad, went in. So who out there would be like a like a more formidable opponent for you hockey-wise uh, and that are bands too? Uh, the Belky brothers were good players. Uh, played them a bunch of time from SNFU. Um, Ty never, you know, rest his soul. He never played, of course, it was not the athletic type. Um, and uh, so they, we played a bunch of games against them. And it's like, say one time, uh, the bad religion guys kept going like, wow, you know, these DOA guys, they claim they're the best hockey, uh, best band around that knows how to play hockey. Bad religion's going to call them, right? And they, <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't stand a chance. So, you know, those guys were popular. They had money. So they actually rented out the, the Coliseum, which is not that difficult, where the Canucks used to play in the early days. So you're talking like a 15,000 seat arena and uh, nobody in the stands, of course. So this is the game I was mentioning that earlier that, that they got didn't have enough guys, so bad religion. And uh, SNFU teamed up and we got our usual DOA murder squad. And it's like, you know, it was like halfway through, it was like seven nothing for us. And I think they got a goal or two. They ended up being like 12 1 or 12 2. But I say, I always say the one thing I really remember about that game was I, I always played defense. So I never really got like a lot of breakaways, shall we say. If you do, you're playing out of position. And that's, that's <laughs> really, you know, what the hell are you doing up there? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, you're know, maybe playing like Quinn Hughes or something like that. I don't know. Right. So it, it always, always up on the ice. So anyways, I got the puck came to me and I just, uh, my eyes were like saucers. I had clear cut breakaway to the net and they didn't really have a great goalie. And I got, I got to go, I'm going to bury this one so I can bug these guys later. And, uh, Next thing I know, I'm flat on my face. And I go like, 
and I turned around. It was Greg Hetson, who's a good buddy of mine. He tripped me, and I could see him hopping. <laughs> he was going the puck, puck and him are going back the other way. <laughs> so, what do you do? To, you know, they always say in hockey, take a number. I took a number, <laughs> right? And uh, I just waited a couple minutes, and finally the puck went in the corner. He got it, and I just lowered the boom on him. You know, he's not a very big guy, right? So, so he kind of crumpled into a heap. He got off the ice, and then. Later on that night at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, that religion slam, I could see Greg was like limping. <laughs> so I got my vengeance out of that guy. So other teams, like we never, I, this, the Slot Shot guys must have had a team, but, you know, being on the opposite coast, we never played them. I mean, I mean there's an influential like uh, hockey, hardcore band, obviously, right? So using that, that theme. Um, but didn't play too many of the other teams. So like I said, we mostly played like, radio stations and TV station, you know, they'd have, you know, and it was really fun. It was really a fun thing because we always made it like uh, a fundraiser for the Vancouver Food Bank. So and then sometimes we'd get like two, 300 people in the stands and they'd be beating drums and oh, nice. uh, yeah. And uh, Chris, <laughs> um, he used to uh, play in the Forgotten Rebels. I, I think it was Los Angeles, he's the bass player in the original outfit back in 80, 81 or whatever. Uh, he, you know, he bought out an organ, so he was like uh, <laughs> playing an organ, and then we had the whole thing going to a PA, and uh, people were beating drums and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it would all be all GOA fans. Yeah. And then finally, the, the ultimate game, and it got for, it got delayed. Uh, we never did play it. Um, but Ken Jensen, a uh, great drummer of ours, um, 93, passed away in a house fire, right? Um, and that kind of put the kibosh on the team. Ken was on the team, good player. And because uh, we were supposed to play the Vancouver Police Department, right, which would have been um, a thousand people there, and the police <laughs> would have been there too with with cameras to be like, okay, these are all the guys we've been looking for. We got warrants. <laughs> sure chance to do. Away. They'll be out the game. <laughs> so, so we sadly with the Ken Passion, we never did play it. But that I think that would have been the ultimate challenge. And you know what? It probably would have been the hardest because a lot of guys who played. At junior B, junior A hockey, then make it become firefighters, become cops, right? Yeah. That we, yeah. we might have got an ass kicking. Right? So, <laughs> so, whatever, we'll never know, right? So. Yeah, uh, could have taken a few numbers, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing is, that if, you, if, you, if you smash them on them, then later on, you just get pulled over outside the yeah. park. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, win. right? Now, like that sounds pretty awesome. Those those games, you know, and and a lot of fun, and 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 I think something that Randy and I have discovered as adults, like we both played when we were kids, you know, and then kind of took a little time away from the game and came back to it later. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of discovered a, a community of like-minded folks who are also into hockey now. But like back back then, I don't know. Like, did you ever find there was kind of the division between like the jocks and the you know, the rockers or whatever, like, did, was that ever uh, an issue yeah. for you guys or anything? Me and Wimpy uh, uh, played every sport. I mean, I played lacrosse, played, played baseball, played uh, hockey, I mean, to various degrees, right? And he mm -hmm. played everything too, right? And that's, uh, um, before we got into music, we just, man, we just played uh, at ball hockey continuously in his old, old street and his yard, right? That, but in school, definitely when um, got into punk rock after we got out of high school, so there wasn't that quite the, that division there. 
yeah. but definitely like a lot of jocks that not just jocks, but like a lot of a lot of squares like rockers didn't like punk rockers, right? The one funny thing we did notice though, the um the first time we played the DOA team played Seapox, and it was a rock and roll station, like I said, philosophical enemy. <laughs> DOA was one of the most popular bands in my career, but they never played DOA because they hated punk rock. So we got out there and uh me and Alan Moy, one of the guys I mentioned in 9340, we looked at him and we're like, wow, that's weird. And then we looked at the DOA team. DOA team, nobody had a mustache, right? Uh, and we looked at the Seabox team, everybody had a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and, sorry, Randy, I'm not commenting or anything like that. <laughs> you guys, right? That, that styles have changed, right? So, and we just went, okay, that's kind of a philosophical thing difference or at least a physical appearance difference right but i would say you know if you go to like a stadium now i mean yeah you'll you'll hear the remotes right mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a, a big thing like uh whatever there's a few select songs and you'll hear you'll hear punk rock songs right but back in the 80s and um, i would say most of the 90s you would never hear anything except you know john cougar mellencamp and uh you know yeah. so there kind of was a conflict but we didn't experience that 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 much tell, tell us a bit about like being a hockey fan are you uh, like did you watch a lot of hockey growing up and you're watching hockey right now at all yeah well the funny thing was i didn't get into hockey because uh, my father hated it right and he went I, my father was a, a little bit bizarre uh but he didn't like eastern canada because thought eastern canada runs a country this is not very british columbia blah 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 that kind of westerner type tilt uh, so I said, oh, I'd like to watch hockey. He says, oh, that's the Eastern sport. We're not going to watch that crap, right? <laughs> but all my friends are watching hockey. That's too bad. I'm going to put on, like, in some other station, right? So I, I was up playing lacrosse uh, in a park, and I found, a, I found a broken hockey stick. And I went, oh, oh, hockey stick. And I taped it together. Of course, I soon realized there, there's a reason why you leave a broken hockey stick and don't try and tape it together. <laughs> it doesn't really it breaks the game right away but that's how i got started in hockey then i started like um really early on and i just talked to dave bedini about this um because he's uh working on a film about the 72 summit series yeah i saw yeah. that he announced that yeah yeah so so uh we've been talking a bunch of the last couple of weeks and hopefully we'll get the time and uh uh it'd be my recollection one of the one of the things yeah i'm talking to many people obviously right um was the recollection of listening to that series in high school. Like uh, I'd probably grade nine or 10. I was wondering, yeah, somewhere I'm at like uh, probably grade 10, the school stop. The teachers would, they put the game on the, the public announce system. I've never hmm. seen anything like that in, um, since that time where entire country stopped, right? And uh, another little snippet to that was that um, there's a film out here that's really hard to find. It's called Airport Inn. And the closing scene of the movie, uh, these guys in the bar, and on the TV is Phil Esposito doing uh, the rant just before they leave Vancouver to go to Russia, you know, and then eventually, you know, and swept the series over there. But on the, it's not Phil Esposito. It's me playing Phil Esposito. My hair is dyed black. Uh-huh. And I've memorized it, right? You know, these the speech. Are like, you know, we're we're not trying to lose. We're out there giving it all. That's you know, we're we're doing our best, right? So, and um, I, I had forgotten about that, and I did. I really got to find a copy of it because it's pretty hilarious, right? So, that's amazing. Yeah, 
had the Espo um, uh, look down, right? So, I could see you as yeah. Phil Esposito for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're a big, tall guy, just saying in front of the net, hope, hope you did Bobby Orr aims a puck at you and goes in the net. <laughs> 60 goals later, you're doing pretty good, right? <laughs> Grant Lawrence actually tells a good story at the at the beginning of his book about being on the same plane with Team Canada as they were traveling across the country. And he was a oh, one-year wow. a one-year-old baby. And I guess Bobby Orr was holding him uh while his parents were like chatting up the rest of the team. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that that's amazing. Um I think Bobby Orr was my hero. I, I since I still he would think he's one of the greatest. I got pretty pissed off when he ran an ad for Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, like, buddy, it just, just shows the the division between rich people and poor people. You got the money to buy, you know. And it was like the average people that supported him all his career. You know, and, and you can never take away the fact that he's one of the three or four greatest players of all time, right? So never top five anyways, right? So mm-hmm. you know, so anyways, um, yeah, that's a that's crazy right so a friend of mine his name's uh patrick hutchinson used to mix doa and work with david gold and uh um a few other notable bands on southern california but he was a kid and there's a signing when he's a kid and it was tim horton at opening one of the donut things he's got a picture of him and tim horton that afternoon tim horton wrecked his car and died so he says he's got the last picture I'm Tim Horton alive, you know. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, too bad about Tim Horton. His legacy yeah. is terrible coffee. And not <laughs> right. Somehow, which has become synonymous <laughs> with like Canada and just yeah, I, it is everywhere, I suppose. Um, so, Joe, if there was like a, a Mount Rushmore of hockey for you, you know, like the four pillars, the four greatest all-time players, yeah, who, who's on it for you? We got we know Bobby Orr's up there. Yeah, Bobby Orr's there. Uh, Wayne Gretzky obviously was the uh, the greatest. Um, I still can't forgive Mark Crawford uh, at the Nagano Olympics. Uh, the game's on the line. Yeah, you put this to the puck on the stick of the best player ever. It's like being in fourth quarter down the game, and uh, you pull Tom Brady and put the rookie in. Yeah. Like, like what's the thinking there, right? The worst coaching decision of all time, right? Yeah, and. Uh, but uh, yeah, Bobby Orr, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux. Because I think Mario Lemieux, um, he's up there in the record books, right? But the unbelievable, like how that guy could control the play, control the puck. Um, and he would have probably been the same category point wise with Gretzky, but you know, he got injured and got Hodgkins and stuff like that. And my favorite play that he made uh, all time was uh, the Olympics he played in. Oh, it's like, well, three Olympics ago, Canada won the gold medal. And uh, <clears throat> they thought the puck was there for the winning goal against the Russians. They thought the puck was coming over to the new suit. And right, they really played the Swedes. And the Swedish coach said, coach said no, I'm early new. He skates like an old tractor, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of throwing down the gauntlet, right? So it mm-hmm. came kind of three on one. They thought the new was going to shoot. The new just lifts off his right skate, lets the puck go through to a guy more wide open than him. The guy puts the puck in the open net. I mean, just like he just had that kind of thought process. Yeah. 
I saw him once he played against the Canucks and, you know, scoring goals against Canucks is usually not very difficult, right? So <laughs> when people were looking for the win, they looked on the schedule, like, when do we play Vancouver? <laughs> we'll get back on track there, right? Um, and uh, so I saw this game, uh, Yager played, the Mew played, and uh, uh, Bury was injured, but there was never a hot shot Russian that the Canucks had in them. I've never seen McGillney, that's it? Yeah, McGillney, yeah. All three of them in this game, and all three of them scored. But the Muse goal was he went down the left-hand side and uh, two with two Vancouver defensemen all over him trying to take a puck away. He held him off one arm, I guess shortened his grip, and put the puck over the goalie's shoulder with one hand. Mm. And I was going like, okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> okay, I think I made the case for Mario Mew, right? So, uh, <laughs> Fourth, I mean, I well, he hasn't done much yet title wise, but it's sure looking like Connor McDavid would be up there, you know, just get into some modern players, right? You no, know? mm-hmm. and I think too, somebody asked me about this the other day like, uh, the skill that the young players have now with like tipping the puck and the balance, and uh, you know, some they'd probably give the old guys a real run for their money, right? You know, yeah. um, but different game, and th- things change as uh. You know the science of the game progresses, right? So, I probably those four. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's why I was really disappointed that Canada. I'm glad they're not playing the Olympics because I think the the Chinese uh, Chinese the Republic of China government are a bunch of fascists, right? So, um, and the, but that's not the reason why they're not going. Right. Um, but it, to me, I've always been a really big fan of Sid Crosby. So maybe yeah. he like the fifth one up there, right? Um, but I wanted to see one team where they had Connor McDavid. Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby on one line. Yeah. Boy, that'd be, awesome. like, be all you need. Like, it seems I mean, like it's I mean, like, all right, just yeah. put that line out. And yeah, <laughs> I think you, you need eight guys hacking at him, right? <laughs> yeah. Like your old coach used to say, give the puck to Billy or whatever. Yeah. Because I wouldn't come near the puck. Those guys just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. watching uh, Canucks games this season? Are you following the team? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm uh, Abbott. I'm a big time, uh, big time pool guy. I've been in the same pool for like, oh my god, I don't want to say it, like thirty years. So <laughs> when we started the pool, we we're all very young. Now we're all not so young, but that way, right? <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, and the connection have been really good. The first part of the season was um, a complete disaster. And then they uh, hired Bruce Boudreau and uh, started winning. I mean, no, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, right? But uh, um, there's a real tip. Thatcher Demko is great. It looks so yeah. solid, and uh, um, they they've got a half dozen good players. You know, and we have the remnants of all the horrible decisions, uh, salary cap wise. That Jim Benning, you know, you know, there was a, this summer, past summer, there was a, a radio station did a fundraiser, and they got money, and they had one of those planes. You know, when you tow a sign behind it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, the lettering, so everybody in the city can see it. You know, in Vancouver, it's a pretty big area. But they raised enough money. And uh, so they had a plane fly around, like, for half a day behind the, the banner said, Fire Benning. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got their, they got their wish. It went by, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if I was Jim Benning, I'd be in my office, like, turn the blinds down. Like, yeah. <laughs> I hope nobody saw me come in here this morning. <laughs> yeah. 
they got their wish, I guess, in the end. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's Patrick Demko. He's definitely a goalie you can sort of build around for sure. He looks good. Well, and... He's got a great one out there, Connor Hellebuck. I mean, um, I'm sure you guys, uh, Jets are going through a disappointing season so far. But, I mean, there's still a lot of talent on that team. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's so. been definitely a, 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 a hot topic around here for sure is, you know, what's up with the jets and, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes we get into that on the show here. And <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, it, we're, we're, uh, we're getting tight on time. So okay. one, one thing we always love to do is get a, a song request from our guest. And I mean, you know, you've, you, it could be hockey related or not. It could be your band or another band, whatever. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, any any song requests you'd like this like us to play? Well, I mean, uh, the one I really like you mentioned earlier was Donnie Brook, DOA song yeah. North Avenger, and I think I just think the story is hilarious, right? So it's kind of like uh, that's like, kind of like it's uh, synonymous with uh, DOA too, not just uh, as a the Murder Squad, but as a band, you know. Uh, you know, we go into a town, there's always a lot of hostilities, and basically, we got to fight our way out of there, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it kind of doesn't have to do ratios turn into a giant Donnie Brook, anyways, right? You know? <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll spin Donnie Brook here for you, and uh, yeah, we thank you so much for coming on the show, Joe. It was uh, great yeah. to have you. Well, yeah, no, really nice meeting you guys. Uh, any old time, you're in a year from now, if you want to do it again, call me. It's lots of fun.
All right, that was Donnybrook by DOA, and that was our interview with uh, with Joey Keithley. And uh, you know, that's uh, Donnybrook is, of course, about you know a bench clearing brawl, I guess. Um, <clears throat> and DOA's got a few songs about hockey, uh, that being one of them. So, uh, what are we going to look forward to in the next little bit here, Randy, with, uh, with talking hockey, the hockey talking show, it's, uh, it's pretty much summer vacation now. Um, so there might be, uh, less frequent episodes for the time being, but we'll see what we can do. Um, you know, spring hockey's over for Stinkbirds. We, uh, we lost in the playoffs, one, nothing to the Lumbercats. Couldn't buy a goal. I had a crossbar that I had nightmares about for the entire week. I was on vacation up at the lake there. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I think um, uh, speaking of stink birds, I think we we owe uh, team member uh, Pipskid uh, maybe a little guest spot on the show here. He's, he's sure. got he's got a new record that just came out. We spin some tunes there, um, and yeah, whatever we can do to maybe uh, encourage some user or user listener feedback uh <laughs> especially uh you know great fan carter the car guy up there near birds hill and and a few other of our friends here that uh, end up sending comments so maybe kind of let us let us know what you'd like to hear in the next little while and uh you know we we can change things up a bit because obviously there's not going to be very much live hockey to talk about over the next little while but we can still have some fun that's right and maybe we'll do a post draft show uh, we've got the draft coming up this weekend so we'll have a we'll have a little breakdown of that probably and uh yeah until then basically just keep your stick on the ice uh check your lie and uh you know see you next time on talking hockey the hockey talking show you wake up every morning from the alarm clocks morning take the 